Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, this will when this is released, this will be the 300th episode of the Dr. Will Show. And today's guest is Dr. TT, as she's better known as Dr. Tracy Timberlake. And we'll be talking about how as an entrepreneur, you can actually develop and design digital courses and services. She's doing big things. She came on my radar uh, via Dr. Amy, who has been on the show, and I'm excited to speak with her to share her gem so that you yourself can get excited and get out there and make that impact and the income. So for those who'll be listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast, will you please introduce yourself, Dr. T.T.? Yes. First of all, congratulations on the 300 episodes. That is a, I mean, that is an accomplishment. Congratulations. I'm so honored to be the 300th on the 300th episode. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Dr. Tracy Timberlake. I am a digital business strategist and a digital business coach, and I help people take their experience, their education, their expertise, and turn it into a monetizable asset using the online space. So I work with a lot of, um, I work with a lot of educators. I work with a lot of people who have advanced level degrees, people who are lawyers and doctors, and, and really helping them take it to the next level and branding themselves as a personal brand uh, in the online space. Awesome, awesome. So what did you think that you would be doing when you were growing up? And what drew you to the digital space? What a great question. Um, I didn't know what I was going to be doing growing up, honestly. I was, you know, I was, I did everything right. You know, I was a great student and I got straight A's and I got the awards and I did all of that. And, and people would ask, like, I remember they'd ask, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I would, every single time I would make something up. I remember when I was applying to colleges, Every single college that I applied to, I applied with under like a different major because I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to impact people. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to, uh, to some degree, be in front of people. But I think what I wanted to do just didn't exist in that time frame yet, which was fine. Um, so I, I went to school and, and I went to business school. And, and that was kind of the beginning of understanding business for me. But growing up, not a clue. <laughs> So you are a business coach and digital strategist. What was the impetus for you becoming an entrepreneur? What was the impetus? I can think way back when. I mean, I can think of, you know, even before college, but in college specifically, you know, I was in business school. Like I said, I was studying marketing and finance. And I had two, two professors who told me that I should probably become an entrepreneur and just start my own business. Now, at that time, as an 18, 19-year-old, I was like, that does not sound like what I want to do. That sounds like sales. Or, it so you know, it just sounded like I needed to invent something. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Uh, but I think that seed was planted in my mind for years and years and years. And so 
uh, I tried, you know, I did the whole corporate thing and that wasn't really fulfilling. And so I moved into the nonprofit space and that wasn't really where I wanted to be. Then I moved into ministry and that wasn't, <laughs> that still wasn't fulfilling. I went into higher education and every single time about a year in a year, like a year and a half in, I'd, I'd ask myself like, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Like I, cause while all the jobs that I had were great, they, they certainly weren't. I didn't feel like they were the thing. And then at that point, so this was sometime in 2010, probably uh, I discovered YouTube. And when I started making YouTube videos and I was making YouTube videos just about things that I liked, it wasn't even, it wasn't that deep. I was just talking about, you know, my very first video was of me talking about a flat iron. Cause I was getting asked questions about my hair all the time, my makeup. So I was like, let me just make YouTube videos for my friends and family. And then as my channel grew and I started to work with different brands and they started to notice, and there was a community being built on YouTube of beauty vloggers. You know, I realized I could actually make money just by being myself, just by talking about the things that I wanted to talk about. And because it was my channel, I could talk about anything. So once I realized that, then I knew that there was, there was something to this personal branding thing. And that was before anybody ever even considered personal branding. That was not a word. It was not a term. Um, influencer wasn't a term, but I knew that there was something to it. And that began my wheels turning into this wonderful space of digital, really digital entrepreneurship and digital personal branding. So speaking of YouTube, uh, I've watched several of your videos. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. I didn't watch the beauty stuff, of course. Uh, but those that you have done talking about business and personal development, uh, I watched one and I had to watch another and I had to watch another. And I came across this one in which you were talking about people who have these huge followings, mm -hmm. but they're broke. Yeah. Right. So they have a brand, they're popular, mm -hmm. but they're not bringing any money in. And one of the things I always try to tell people when I'm talking about, you know, creating a podcast or becoming a content creator or mm -hmm. anything you're doing, don't get caught up in the number of followers you have. Right. Because when you start selling something, if they're not buying anything from you, it doesn't matter. Correct. You no, know, it, it's about who is rocking with you mm -hmm. and who's down for you in terms of your community that you build. So I would like for you to, you know, before we go any further, I would like for you to speak on the importance of using one's brand to actually to build an actual business. Sure. I mean, what a great topic and something that I love to talk about, Dr. Will. Um, you know, when I was in on, when I began on YouTube and there's a lot of other people that started on YouTube as well, nobody was making money doing this. Like we were literally just on there talking about the things that we liked. However, as you grow and, and I'm speaking from as a YouTuber, as you grow that platform and you grow your brand, yes, there's money to be made because you're working in sponsorships and things like that. But the truth of the matter is, is that was, it wasn't, um, it's not really the apex or of what is possible. Uh, inside of personal branding or being a content creator and making YouTube videos. I mean, it's hard work. It became kind of like a second full-time job. And I realized this in 2015 in the summer of 2015, I was like, this is, I mean, I'm exhausted. I was still working, you know, at the university. Plus I had my YouTube channel, which was a whole nother full-time job. And I said, something's got to give. 
uh, because this isn't working. And it was right then that I, I kind of, it clicked for me. Like it was like a come to Jesus moment that it was like, well, you're not real. You're, you're putting all of this energy into your content, but you don't know how to monetize it. Um, aside from what Google tells you. So Google puts the ads on, or you can do sponsorships, which is fine. Um, but there was so much more potential there because when you have a following of, of people, uh, some of them will become customers and clients. And so for me, I think it's why it's so important because there's a lot of influencers out there who don't have the business savviness to take what they do and really turn it into a business. Like they love creating the content. They love making the videos. They love being in front of the camera, but they don't have the, the wherewithal to go, Oh, actually I can, I can turn this into something that is really sustainable and scalable um, to growth. And so that's really something that I'm very passionate about helping uh, people do, especially influencers or helping people become influencers. Just because I believe that when you have influence, you know, there's a lot of income to be made um, with that influence. So for those of you who are wanting to create content, you do it with the idea that one, it's going to be of service, but two, it is also going to be a viable way for you to receive income. And I think because we have grown up in a paradigm where the internet world, the online world, us creating things, or even entrepreneurship in general is not, is not normal. We have not normalized that in society that people even thinking about it, it's, it's so far out of their scope of understanding that they're not, they're not aware of the true possibilities that can come with having a personal brand. So for those who don't know or may not have even considered it, uh, please define what digital products and services are and how can they be an important revenue stream for an entrepreneur? Sure. So digital products are anything that you are selling on the internet, but specifically, um, so it's not going to be like an e-commerce, like it's not a t-shirt, it's not a, a coffee mug, it's not nothing like that. So a digital product, what is, what we're talking about here is we're talking about e-books, um, course, online courses that you're creating, online workbooks that are, you know, designed by you uh, that really are informational and educational, right? So that's what I'm saying. We're not talking about t-shirts. I mean, you can sell it. That is technically a product that you sell in the digital space, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, so what was the second part of the question? The second part of the question was how can it help? Oh, income streams. So when you have an expertise, and, and what I love, I love talking to educators because I think they understand curriculum more than anyone else. When it comes to creating digital products in terms of courses and things like that, who better to do it than someone who has been in education and understands how people learn? You know, that's really how I was able to set myself up apart from all the other business coaches and business strategists and, and the people that are teaching the things that I teach is simply because I understand the process of learning coming from an educational background. So I'm going to take what I know in the education space and then I'm going to combine it with my, you know, years of experience as a personal brand on the internet. And I'm going to use both of those to be um, the way that I market my product. So the products that I, that I create, the digital products, the digital courses, they're going to be stellar. They're going to be top of the line. Um, and so for all of you educators out there who want, who are wanting to create that, that's awesome. Please do. But you have to understand that when you create them, please don't, it, this is not a build it and they will come kind of situation, especially not with the internet. Like you really do have to couple that with really good strategy so that you're, you are creating that passive income stream for those of you who are wanting it, or you're creating enough money to, to replace your, your income and your, your full-time salary. And you can still do it 
from a position of being an educator, you know, I get invited to speak all over the world. Um, and, and so people would consider me a speaker because I speak on stages all the time. I've spoken to thousands of people. But what, when I'm on stage, I specifically say, like, people invite me to speak. I'm not a speaker. I'm a, I am, however, an educator. So you will walk out of this room understanding something from an education perspective. But I think educators really should, uh, and we know what the, what the status of educators are in this country and how they're just severely underpaid, undervalued. Um, so this digital space really is going to allow for extra income to come in when you understand how to use it properly. Mm. Mm. You took me there. If, if I had one of those <laughs> Martin Luther King church fans, <laughs> I would be fanning myself <laughs> right now. I love that. What you are talking about is the reason my podcast exists mm. and the reason why I created my digital product, the entrepreneur, mm, yes. you know, and why it is for me, it was a something that I had to create. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that I wanted to, I had to because I wanted our colleagues to understand one, it is not a betrayal of the profession for you to no, monetize your talents. Right. But two, understand that your your skills, your knowledge in curriculum, in course design, in using mm -hmm. Google in the classroom, in lesson planning, all of those things are valuable skills that you yep. can turn around and create products and become yeah. a speaker and write a book and design courses and make a greater impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And still, and still make the income that will help better provide for you and your family. Right. Absolutely. And you know what? I tell people this all the time. I say there are people out here who are killing it in the online space, doing what you know you can do better. Because there are lots of people who are making courses and who are selling them and they're selling out these courses and they're making $100,000, $200,000, a million dollars in some cases. And, you know, they piece together stuff according to what they know, but they don't have the educational background. They don't have the experience of what it really looks like to teach somebody and to walk somebody through the, the process of, of learning. Uh, and so educators out there, like people need your skill set more than you believe and you don't have to be stuck where you are. And like you said, it's not a betrayal to the profession because as a matter of fact, it's elevating the profession and really putting educators back at the, you know, in the upper echelon of society, in my opinion, which is really where they belong. I mean, as you're educating the future of America, whatever that looks like, little children, higher education, you can be educating the masses on a much grander scale when you utilize what's available to you. Mm. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm telling y'all. Take a breath. Where's the church fan? Where's the church fan? Yes, yes. <laughs> I get excited about it, you know, because there are colleagues that they push back mm. and they're like, this should be given away for free. Mm. Or they are like, I didn't get into the profession you know, to make money. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't get into the profession to be broke either. Correct. <laughs> um, you have a family to feed. Yes. And, and I even have talked to educators when I get the pushback, you don't go to work for free. 
Correct. Like, I was going to say, like, no one does that. Like, like, yeah, you don't you, do that. yeah, you still show up for a check. Mm-hmm. So working, like, if you're going to work for someone else, you know, please, please understand you can still, you can work for yourself. And right. still, you know, enjoy it. Like, you know, when, when I am able to speak at a conference or mm-hmm. write articles for publications or do consulting gigs mm-hmm. at schools, mm-hmm. I don't show up for the check. Now, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the check. Of course. But, I am, but I'm really showing up to bring something of value that I believe will make the people that I am spending that time with or creating that content for to make their lives better. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to say for those who do have the pushback and this should be offered for free, it should be offered at a low cost. Like for, you have to understand that that is a mindset that people are taught that we are taught that things should be cheap. Um, and, and that is why people allow themselves to be in a situation where they continue to be underpaid, right? If you knew that you were worth more and that your skill set was worth more, then you would demand to make more money. This is a way for you to still do what you love to get, and you're still in the profession of being in education, but now you get to give yourself a raise. You know, school systems in this country, they just don't, they don't have the money to give. Um, and that's fine, but there are other resources and other opportunities available. So don't, don't look at, at your career as if it's linear. We just don't live in a linear world anymore, not with the internet opportunity that is really being presented to you. So don't look at it as like it should be offered for free because your skill set, you had to pay for it. You had to go to school and you paid somebody somewhere to get that education. Um, maybe you went to a private school, maybe you went to a public school, it doesn't matter. Maybe you had scholarships or you had student loans. The point is there was a cost to that education. That education is very valuable. If you are not monetizing it to its fullest capacity, then I think this podcast and people like me, like we can help you, but don't, don't judge, um, you know, the fact that this is, this is a money-making opportunity or that people like us are, you know, we are, we're making money. Like this is my only income, you know, like I don't, I don't have like another job. So I can't like, this is my only income. So I, this is how I get paid. This is how I feed myself and I provide for, you know, my family. So don't judge that. I would say just, and, and take a look at yourself and ask yourself, why am I allowing myself to be in a position where I'm being underpaid and, and undervalued for a skill set that I know is worth way more? So how should an educator go about examining their strengths, their skill set, career experiences, or work products that they create in the classroom every day to determine which types of digital products or services they should offer? Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have many, many years being in a classroom. And so things can kind of get a little bit uh, mundane and a little, you know, they get jaded doing the same things over and over again. So in that case, I would say, take a look at the thing that you're passionate about first. Like, is there a, a particular part of your job or the curriculum that you're teaching that you're really passionate about? That's a great place to start. Or there are some educators who maybe they've been in the education space for 20 years, 25 years, and they have found themselves to be sort of a mentor to new teachers, right? So maybe that's something that you can begin to monetize and you can you can teach new teachers how to do x y and z when they come in or teach them how to how to elevate their status in in the school system or whatever 
Or maybe you have come out of the education space and now you're working more in administration and so you can focus on teaching other people how to, to climb that ladder or to make it better. So I think there's a lot of different opportunities, but you have to look at what, what am I good at? What do I love about this? Because we're not going to create products that we don't believe in. Because if you don't believe in it, no one else will. What do I truly believe in? What are people already coming to me for help with? Because those are probably going to be the things that you can monetize the fastest. And earlier you mentioned, you spoke of pricing and not being cheap. Mm -hmm. But I also know that in looking at the audience that I serve, you know, which, mm -hmm. are, edu which are educators, I have to be cognizant of the prices that I set because I understand certain budgets that I am working with, uh, as well as the fact that even when you look at in retail, a company can say, hey, I'm going to offer this at this price, this at this mm -hmm. price, and that and that price. And, and consultants and coaches do that as well, sort of, mm -hmm. you know, pulling in people at different uh, price ranges and needs in mm -hmm. order for them to actually uh, tear and upscale their business. So what would be the process for someone creating such a tier and upscaling, upscaling what they offer to reach multiple companies and allow for growth and more options for higher profit margins? Well, I do believe in having uh, multiple offers. Um, that is what I teach my clients to have. I don't think you should have like one $10,000 consulting package. I think you can have a $10,000 one and then you can have other kind of digital products that fall you know, underneath that. Um, and when it comes to pricing, what I tell my clients is this. You, you can play at whatever level you decide to play at. There is no right or wrong. If you want to be a high-end, premier uh, consultant, coach, course creator, you can be that. If you want to uh, be somebody who offers info products at, you know, $9.99, you can do that. There's no right or wrong, and I know both I know both kinds of people, um, both kinds of people who make a lot of money doing what they do, playing at whatever level. What I will say is this, is that you have to decide inside of yourself what that level is going to be and then call those people to you versus what a lot of people do is they price and they say, well, oh, oh the people that I'm serving, they're only going to pay this. So if you're going to price yourself according to what you think people are going to pay, then those are going to be the people that you attract into your business. And that's totally fine. But a lot of the times I, I tell people, my clients, you need to price yourself somewhere between resentment and ridiculousness. Because if you're creating $9 products and you resent that price because you're frustrated that people are only paying $9 for something that you know is probably worth $100 or $200, you're not going to want to make any more. Right. And of course, you don't want to price yourself at some ridiculous number that you don't believe in, because if you are charging $50,000 and you don't believe in that number because you don't think you can offer that value, then that's ridiculous. So somewhere between resentment and ridiculousness is going to be the right price for you. But when I came into this space and I started to charge and I started to think about the prices, I just I chose like I will consider myself probably one of the higher end coaches when it comes to um, what I teach in my space and in my niche. 
And I'm okay with that because I am calling a certain caliber of person to come up to this level. I, this is the level that I'm at. This is the level I'm playing at. This is the level that I believe in. And whoever wants to come play with me up here is fine. And that's great. And if not, then that's okay because some people have next steps that have nothing to do with me. And there are other coaches that can probably offer you, uh, you know, other things that are helping you at the stage that you're at. And that's fine too. The point is, is that we have to believe in our work and we have to believe in it enough to make sure that what we are pricing ourselves at, the value of it, that it's something that really resonates with our message and resonates with who we are at the core of our being versus just pricing yourself cheap so that other people can pay you. Because you're not going to be satisfied with that and it's going to make you very frustrated in the end. So I, I see people such as yourself, you know, with your YouTube videos and, and you have people like Sonny Lennar Doozy and, and others who offer a certain amount of free mm -hmm. content to build exactly. a following, to build yeah. a community, to bring them on, to hopefully get into actually paying for their products or services. Mm -hmm. How important is offering free content to build a community of people who are going to uh, pay for your products and services? And how should an entrepreneur be using social media to differentiate themselves? Yeah, so I love the, the free concept. So this is, you know, all of a part of a sales funnel that people like us create. And we create free products because we know that not everybody is going to be able to afford us to work with us one-on-one. -on -one. And that's okay. So like I said, like, we all need to have many different offers. And, you know, we can play at whatever level we want. If Sunny is charging, I, I don't know what Sunny's prices are now, but let's say she's charging $15,000 to work with her. Um, not everybody's going to be able to afford that. And that's great. That's, that's fine. She's not upset about that because she's going to create other products that are cheaper and that are free, some free, some cheap, so that people can get help wherever they are. And when they're ready, then they know how to find her. And I do the same thing. And every other coach in the online space does that too. Um, with regards to social media, social media really is a place for you to position yourself as an expert in your field. And we create free content, free absorbable content in the social space, again, for people to just get help, to be inspired, to be motivated, um, to get some actionable steps and actionable tips. And if they want more, then they will go through the process of getting the, the free ebook. And then from the free ebook, maybe they'll sign up for something that's $2.99. And then from there, they'll go, they'll move, uh, you know, down the ladder, so to speak. But I think social media is the place for you to kind of broadcast your superpowers and allow for people to see uh, just how good you really are. Um, and, and doing so, really, you're casting a wide net because you don't know who's going to see you on social media. But if you're not on social media, then you're, you really are leaving a lot of money on the table and, and leaving a lot of impact on the table for that matter too because there are people who are looking and if they're not seeing you, they're going to find somebody else. And like I said earlier, the person that they find may not be as good as you could possibly be. Mm. Mm, this is so good, y'all. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yay. So good. Uh, before we go, what is the one thing that an entrepreneur must get right when launching a digital product or services service and how will an entrepreneur know when it's time to pivot? Well, I think 
I think when you know, you know. I think there's something inside of you that you just hear it, you feel it, you, you're, more synchronicity is happening, you're starting to see other people do it, and you're also starting to judge those other people for doing it. Because again, you know that you can do it too. So when you're finding yourself in that space, then I think it's time for you to create something. Um, when it comes to creating it and launching it, I would definitely say make sure that you're not launching this to crickets. Like make sure that you have a solid strategy that you're building a platform for yourself, that you are establishing yourself as an expert in the online space, as an industry leader, uh, so that when you do launch something, it is received by actual individuals who want it, not just you know your family and friends who are gonna pay you because they, they just wanna be nice. Like, or they may not pay you, but they'll, you know, they'll clap for you and all of that. But I would say just make sure you have a solid strategy. Start before you're ready, don't, don't think that things have to be perfect. Sometimes you do have to launch ugly. Just make sure that you have a strategy for it. So I can't get out of here before asking you, how can the listeners of this podcast work with you? Yeah, so the best place is to just contact me, shooting me an email at contact at drtracytimberlake.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, um, that is just at Tracy Timberlake. I'm kind of at Tracy Timberlake everywhere and I'm all over social. So it's the best way to contact me. It's probably going to be on social or via email. Okay. Awesome. You can awesome. go to my website, but I never go to my website. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be links in the show notes, uh, to her, where she is on social media as well as her website. Again, I would like to thank Dr. Tracy Timberlake for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This was such a great conversation. You're welcome. Thanks again. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast will be going up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast. I need you to subscribe, follow, leave your comments, ratings, and feedback because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show, and I want her to know that I'm doing big things around cool. here. Again, people. I would like to thank you for checking out the Dr. Will Show, the mobile university for entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.